With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome to Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. Thank you for joining us on Fox Sports Ohio and the First Energy Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here are your hosts, John Michael and Rafa Hernandez-Brito. Hey, everybody. We are back here on Cavs HQ. As always, it's presented by Sherwin-Williams. John Michael alongside Rafa Hernandez-Brito back home again. Cavs in the midst of a four-game homestand. All things considered, injuries, everything else, that record looks pretty good right now, Rafa. It looks pretty good, and it also the bounce back looks pretty good. And I think we have been talking about the growing pains that we will experience not only this season, but as we move forward trying to build and go back to that championship culture here in Cleveland. And I love the fact that J.B. Bickerstaff and his staff, his message is being heard, and the comeback is showing. And that's the real point. You know, I, I mentioned the record, but I mean, JB says two things. We want to be the most competitive team on the floor every night and the most unselfish team on the floor every night. And I think you can count on maybe two or three, you know, fingers yeah. how many times that has not happened this season. We see the growth. We see a team improving in areas from last year in leaps and bounds. Defensively, you have to start there. How about depth? I mean, and size. You know, Jared Allen, a huge pickup. We're going to talk more about Jared here in the first half of Cavs HQ. But a, a number of problem areas have become not only satisfactory, but, you know, in some of those areas, strengths. For and the, the, most import, the most important thing about that, John, is that the sample size now is big, big enough, enough right, right, right. That to realize that it is what it is. It's no longer three, four mm-hmm. games or the first three winning streak, three game winning streak that we have to start the season that you think, ah, it's you know, the beginning of the season, everybody's trying to get into rhythm. We are deep into the second quarter of the season now, starting it. And, and, and the sample size to me, and I've been talking about it on my broadcast, it is there, it is what it is. This is who we are. And I love the message before the game, the second game against Minnesota when JB said we are great we are best when we are who we are on the court yeah when we get out of that is when the growing pains begin and now February this is a grueling monster for the Cavs not only in terms of games coming at them you know fast and furious but opponents as well Uh, a long road trip out west 
coming up in the middle of the month. So they're going to be tested. You know, it's it's nice that they've gotten off to this strong start. It's nice that you feel that they've established the habits that they want to continue going to be tested here in February. We have a packed, packed show. As our fans know, we do not only talk about the Cavs on this show. We talk about all of Cleveland sports. We have Isaac Okoro. We will talk Cavs in the first half. Isaac Okoro, rookie, uh, straight ahead, the number five overall pick back in November. We had a chance to catch up with Isaac. He is a pleasant young man. You're going to enjoy that. Uh, in the second half, State of the Union, Cleveland Indians, Jensen Lewis will join us, and then hockey will be back in this building, the American Hockey League. For those of you who have been hungry for a little bit of hockey around here in Northeast Ohio, it is back. Tony Brown calls all the action for the Cleveland Monsters um, back here inside Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. So, again, fans getting back in the building gradually here for the Cavs uh, and hockey back in the building here for the American Hockey League. It was a great Monsters. it was a great feeling the other day when when yourself Joji and I were were recording the episode of, of Wine and Gold Radio. Check it out in iTunes if you want to check it if you want to listen to some fun talk. But they were painting the eyes mm-hmm. and it felt good. It's kind of like when the grass is starting to come out on baseball when the eyes for us to have the monsters back at, back at the field house is great, and for to have our fans back here in this building is amazing as well. So Tony Brown will will get yeah. us into Jensen Lewis, Tony Brown in the back half of the show. Straight ahead, however, it's rookie Isaac Acuro up next on Cavs HQ. Cavs HQ is brought to you by Sherwin Williams, the official paint and coatings partner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And by Huntington. If you need guidance on your money right now, talk to Huntington. Welcome. We're back here on Cavs HQ, John and Rafa. It's a pleasure to have you with us as uh, up next, the rookie out of Auburn. It is Isaac Okoro. You know what I like best about this guy? It could be his defensive ability. It could be the way that he gets after it on both ends of the floor. The thing that struck me really from day one, attitude. You know, he has the perfect attitude for a young man coming into camp. We talked about it before on this show. There was a question, who would start at small forward? Would it be the you know incumbent in Jetty Osmond? Would it be Isaac? He said, listen, I know I'm the number five overall pick, but everything needs to be earned. And he has, you know, put... You know, put it on the line. He he he's. It's not idle words for this young man. From day one, he's been coachable. He's been teachable. He's been great on both ends. But man, that that attitude is something you you just feel, you just sense out of him the minute that you meet him. And here on Caps HQ, we always try to get to little bit, a little bit outside of the court and learn a little bit. But you're starting to get to know Isaac Okoro as the guy who. You might think he's not there, but every now and then you'll feel him, and the plays he makes are impactful. And I think that is one amazing characteristic of himself because he he plays hard. His work doesn't really show all the time on the score sheet, but he's there, and he's and his teammates know it. For a guy who does what he does, you don't want to hear much from him because he plays that <laughs> defensive role. You only hear about a lot of defensive guys when they get beaten. It's like a defensive yep. back. So, I mean, he's filled that role. He's gone up against some of the elite uh, in the NBA, which we talked to him about. Take a uh, listen. Take a look. Here's Isaac Okoro. Isaac, first off, we know for the last two months, all you've been doing is talking basketball. So, for the most part... You're safe on the show. We don't talk a lot of basketball. We're going to talk about everything else. I want to know this. The scene, I'll take you back a couple of weeks. Right after you were drafted in Auburn Football Stadium, the scene there when they put you getting drafted up on the 
up on the Jumbotron to see the folks react there the way they did. That warmed my heart. I didn't even know you yet, and it was something warming to watch. What, what did that feel like for you to be able to see that footage, just how everybody in that stadium reacted so positively to the fact that you got drafted by the Cavs? I mean, it, it was just great. I mean, that just shows you the type of people that, that are in Auburn, just loving and caring people. I mean, like I've always said, ever since I stepped foot into Auburn, all they did was show me love. So, I mean, just seeing that video, yeah, it warms my heart, too. And I just always miss Auburn. I'm always going to try to find a chance to go back there and support the team. How is it, Isaac, that a young man warmed himself to that community in just one season of play? I mean, obviously, we know what you're like out there on the floor, but, man, it seemed like that was uh, that was some chemistry uh, over just the span of a couple of months. For me, like, even after every game, I try to interact with a lot of people from Auburn. As much time as I could take, I try to interact with all the people, and I feel like that just paid off for me. And obviously, you know, the pandemic has changed completely what you can do with the fans here in Cleveland, here in Cassage Hill, not only we don't know anything about basketball and X's and O's and stuff, we try to get the fans to get to know you better. So we might we might throw you a little like rapid fire questioning, just whatever first comes to your head first, just just give us the answer. And my question is, what do you miss the most from Auburn University? Just being with my teammates. What about the other question I wanted to know is if you were not a professional basketball player. Is there another sport that you could be a pro in, like that you that you do that, that you take me yeah, out? Maybe I could be a pro in this league. Probably football. I mean, I've only, I only played it for one year. Like I think it was like in third or fifth grade. But football for sure. I think I, I could be either like a tight end, wide receiver. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty good. I, I can catch football now. Let me ask the question this way, Isaac. You said coming in, everybody loved your attitude, right? Still does, obviously, right off the bat. I want to guard the best player on their team. Did you have in mind that? In a four-game stretch, you're going to get Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Jalen Brown, and LeBron James back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Just guarding those players just every night. But, you know, I'm up for the challenge always. Just guarding those guys was just learning experience for me. So I feel like I learned a lot. Was there a time, Isaac, that when you're on the floor that you have to catch yourself and say, my goodness, this is this is LeBron James in front of me or this is Kevin Durant in front of me or – does the adrenaline take over so much that you, you don't really think that? Or, or are there a time or two where you're like, oh, my goodness, I'm I'm responsible for keeping this guy from scoring? No, I, I don't really think like that. I mean, once I get on the court, my mind's only on doing what the coach, the game plan is, and just trying to win the game, honestly. For, for us humans that cannot play in the NBA, there's only one thing that we share with you guys, Isaac, and that is that at some point in our life in the playground, we were taking the last shot in game seven at the buzzer. Who, you, who were you? Who, 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 who did you play when you were, when you were growing up at the, at, the, at, the, at the playground, just taking that winning shot? Uh, I don't know. I feel mean, like, like everybody envisions Kobe. You know, just taking just like a fadeaway shot. Hey, Isaac, uh, right after you were drafted, uh, you did something really, really nice. For those who aren't familiar with that story, uh, take us through it. After I got drafted by Cleveland, I went outside, you know, just telling like my family and stuff. I just want to take pictures, like, you know, with the hat on. I got drafted. So I go outside and I got the keys in my hand. And I, there's a big bowl with the Range Rover. And my dad is thinking, he has his phone out recording. My dad loves to record everything, like, take pictures of everything, keep the memory. <laughs> he recording. He's like, oh, wow, you bought yourself a car for drafting. I bought the car for myself. I turn around, like, no, this car's for you. Yeah, he's got the, the biggest smile on his face, and he just he was in shock. And that was his dream car. 
So I know he, he was just, he just, he couldn't believe it. So it was just a great sight to see. We are right now at like a quarter point of the of the of the uh, of the season, Isaac, and you have had many plays that we have. You know, I, I I'm a little louder than John when I'm doing the play by play. So you I've been you've been a little louder in Spanish. But is there a play or a bucket that comes to your head first so far in your in your in your pro career? Probably the first one against the uh, against uh, Indiana. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I was want to count the the, the uh, preseason. But for the regular season, I think it was the first one against uh, the Hornets. That one that, that comes to mind. What about that chase down, that chase down block you had? What was it? I, I forget. I, 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 know the, I know the play, but... <laughs> you know, it was against the Grizzlies. I think it was like... Tyus Jones. Yeah, against Tyus Jones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember that one. Too. What is it, Isaac? I mean, again, the mentality that you have is not one that's often found in somebody at, at this your stage of your career. And I know you've talked about this from time to time, but is there something, what is it deep inside you that's, you know, propelled you to feel this way and to come in here and be precisely what this team has needed? And again, my question goes to not many guys coming out of school feel, yeah, I want to get things done on the defensive end. What's it been throughout your, you know, your young career that's uh, enabled you to do that? I feel like that's just how I was brought up playing basketball. Like the only way I was getting on the court was playing defense. That's why I just, I've been brought up that way, just playing defense. That's how you win games. And I've always been a winner my whole life, so I know that being a defensive pest is going to help my team win games. Who is the best-dressed teammate? Like, who will, you, who will you go shopping with for clothes? I'll probably say uh, Darius. Really? Yeah. And who is the worst-dressed teammate? <laughs> um, worst-dressed... Oh no! I don't know. No. I don't want to say it, but I already know. He's smart. <laughs> now I gotta give you an advice. You might not want to do this now that you're still a rookie, but next year you have to show up and greet Larry Nance Jr. with a jersey from Tottenham. That is the biggest rival for Chelsea, the the horrible team that he rules for in England. So whenever you can get your hands on a Tottenham kit. You put it on and show it to Larry. He'll get a kick out of it. Yeah, Isaac, don't don't take any advice from Rafa. You, you've learned that. I mean, if the one thing you've learned at this young stage of your career, don't do it. Hey, before we let you go, uh, what, what would you have to say to your fans in Cleveland? Yeah. Obviously, you've warmed yourself quite well to this uh, this region. A lot of folks who love you. Uh, what would that message be? Man, just thanks thanks for all the support. You know, just keep on supporting the team. We're trying to do big things around here, and we just we hope to win games. There he is. I told you you'd like the attitude. I told you. <laughs> Next time I'll ask him in, what was difficult, what was harder, guarding Kyrie, Harden, Brown, or going into going again on Casper's Q on the hot seat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he looked so he looked so nervous, he looks right, <laughs> and uncomfortable. It, it is funny though seeing rookies become accustomed yeah. to answering questions on a consistent basis. I mean, Colin Sexton, it's a learning process. Colin's a perfect example because his rookie season, he was more on the shyer side. Now he's outgoing, he's comfortable, he's confident. It's the typical. You know, it's what you see, but the progression with these younger guys. We joke about it, but it's also true that it's great to get to know these guys because mm -hmm. they learn. You think they're too quiet and you might think they're a little stuck up or they don't know. They just, you know, they're learning his ways here in the NBA. And Isaac Okoro, He's a really good kid, and as you can see. Great young man. Terrific pickup for this Cavaliers team. We'll talk more Cavs up next on Cavs HQ.
John and Rafa back inside Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. We join you here on Cavs HQ, presented by Sherwin-Williams. Since day one of camp, we have been talking about an influx of size, a new influx of size for the Cavaliers this season, and also about the Cavs' depth. With the James Harden trade, the four-team deal, the Cavs <laughs> got a boost in both areas. Torian Prince and Jared Allen, both of whom have been rock-solid, primarily off the Cavs' bench, but they've seen some spot starts as well. They definitely have fit in, John, and I think that is the, the best way to put it, the way that they have come in here. Not only they have to face their old team right away for the first game that were available for the Cavaliers and J.B. Bicker stuff, but they have really contributed in big ways for, for, for what this team is trying to do. And they've stepped up, and we mentioned the spot starts. Jared Allen gets his first start as a Cavalier at the start of the most recent homestand. Andre Drummond was out with back soreness, and what a performance out of Allen on both ends of the floor, not just points and rebounds. How about five blocks as the Cavaliers swatted a team-high 12 this season? It was a monstrous game, I think. A statement game by, by Jared Allen. Not only what you mentioned, the, the five blocks, but they were huge blocks. And obviously the Cavaliers had a, a season season night, season night high night in, in blocks as well because JaVel McGee had some more, even some bigger ones. Yeah. But the way that he commanded the paint, the way that he keeps the offense flowing. And I like the fact that when he runs back after those vicious dunks, he always has a smile in his face. <laughs> yeah, and I think he, he gets it. You know, we, we heard to a man, this is a player who knows his role. That's his biggest asset. And, and no, you know, you see the numbers right there. Nothing wasted, right? I mean, seven of nine. The guy leaves the league in field goal percentage. Yep. You know, so it only took nine shots from the field, scores 23 points, 18 big boards, the paint protection as well. So we talked about it before. Areas that may have been a deficiency just a season ago are now becoming areas of strength, and this man has played a and, big, big part of it. And you know what I like the most, John, and I know you noticed this as well, and I'm sure the fans watching on Fox Sports Ohio also do, the way that he always seems to be communicated with his point guards, with, with, with Darius, with Colin, with his teammates as well, because he's still learning yeah. to play with these guys. He, I know they all play basketball and they're really talented at it, but you have to get to know each other, especially your habit, the way you cut, the way you want the ball, the way you set the screen. And, 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 and Jared Allen has really shown that he can really put that intelligence that everybody knows he has, put it to good use on the court. And, and, and last night was just a testament of what he can bring and what the future it is for him in the NBA. Well, the fit, I think, is seamless. I mean, in the role he fills is a role that was badly needed by this Cavs team. I think the chemistry with the Cavs starting backcourt as well, Darius Garland and Colin mm -hmm. Sexton it really has been there over the last handful of games, really since Jared arrived here at Northeast Ohio. And Darius is showing again, you know, not only the 11 assists, but I would like to also look into that when, when Minnesota took the lead late in the fourth quarter, finally for the first time since they had in the first quarter, he went over on the other end and had a beautiful one-on-one -on -one uh, move in the low post and put the floater to, to get the lead and then we had a 6-0 six, a six run I believe so Darius is looking comfortable with his teammates and, and obviously what you say the way the guy has contributed and I don't want to finish this talk without mentioning Damian Dodson and Lamar Stevens minutes huge minutes off the bench especially Lamar Stevens who had not played in months yeah he comes in and, and really contributes with five rebounds I believe he had and then also you know really good minutes off the bench and you're talking about the first game of the homestand which the Cavaliers knocked off the Timberwolves uh, in a game that went down to the wire Damian Dodson you know this is a guy we, we talked to some members of the front office and they said we shudder to think where we would be without Damian Dodson because 
you know, there was a time when the Cavaliers had zero healthy point guards, and there was a time where both Garland and Sexton were on the shelf together, and Dotson kind of steadied the ship and, you know, got the Cavs through some tough times in terms of those injuries. And I kind of chuckled a little bit the other night when we were in Minnesota when Darius Garland got into early foul trouble. Damian Dodson benefited from the fact that he played point guard during that stretch of injuries because he came in, had three consecutive buckets, and kept the kept the Cavs in the game in the first half. Yeah, a position, by the way, that he hadn't played since <laughs> high, school, high school, basically. And remember, too, he was playing on a bum ankle yeah. during those times when he had to keep the Cavaliers afloat. So, again, contributions abound. Jamie Biggerstaff, I think, said it best when asked about the busy upcoming month. In fact, the first week of February where the Cavs play five games in seven days, he said, all right, you know, the question was, are minutes going to be adjusted he said, not really, because we play so many guys because of our depth. We really don't tax anybody. I mean, I, frankly, Isaac Okoro is the only player playing heavy minutes, top 10 uh, in the league in terms of minutes per game. But he said, no, nothing needs to change. And clearly when you have a schedule like it is this season in the NBA where the games are coming at you, mm-hmm. you need depth. You, I mean, it's, this is a thing. And you look at the rest of the East, or even some of the teams expected to come out of the East – they're looking at their benches. Maybe they're not so comfortable about the way those reserves look right now at this stage of the season. And just to put that depth in, in, in perspective, Andrew Drummond had a 2020 game, the first game of the home and road, back, home and home back, uh, back-to-back games. He sits out with, with back problems in the second game. And then in comes Jared Allen, who also had a double-double by the first half and was very close to having a 2020 game. I think he came out like two rebounds short of the 2020 game. So that's how the depth it is. And then Javel McGee playing in yep. with four blocks and huge minutes of the bench. Yeah, another guy who, by the way, hadn't played in three games since the addition of Jared Allen, missed five of the last seven as he moved to third on that depth chart at the center position. So I think it spells all good things for the Cavaliers, particularly coming into this crowded February schedule. More on Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams right after this. We're back on Cavs HQ presented by Sherwin-Williams. Of course, community service is a cornerstone of the Cavs organization. Listen to this. For every dunk this season, our friends at Lexus have teamed up with the Cavs They donate $50 to the Cavs Community Foundation for every dunk, right? So 93 dunks heading into the homestand, $4,650 raised so far, and then... Jared Allen, this guy to start off the homestand. Uh, just I have a question. Just do they, do up they that total a little but do bit? Do they give a hundred dollars for Jared Allen's dunk? Because yeah, not only be, right. not only they're vicious, <laughs> but he's done right-hander, left-hander, spin around, two-handed. Uh, it is yeah. unbelievable. Sorry to bring that up, Lexus, but you're gonna have to double up. <laughs> For every Jared Allen Tomahawk. (laughs) Cavs in the Community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be back with the second half of Cavs HQ right after this. Welcome back for half number two of Cavs HQ. It is brought to you by uh, Sherwood Williams. I am excited. I love talking to our next guest. Jensen Lewis always gives us, I look to him as the guy who's going to give us the State of the Union on the Indians for the upcoming season. He'll fill us all in on what we can expect, on when the season is slated to start, everything else. But uh, 
This is and, a good human. And that's a, and that's a very interesting question about what's going to happen because it's still not set in stone, John, but the fact that pitchers and catchers are reporting in less than a month. Love that phrase. <laughs> Doesn't it just seems like the weather is going to turn? Even yeah, it's freezing baby. outside yes. right now. Just <laughs> we still got like six more months of call here, but uh, at least baseball is going to start. Yeah, so we're Good excited. year. Is actually, the town of Good Year is trying to look into whether they're going to ha- allow fans into the stands over there. So that's, that's, baseball is coming back. Which yeah, is another, which is great, great news. And it's also great news that we are joined by Jensen Lewis here on Cavs HQ. First off, my friend, you're looking great. Good to see you. How you been? <laughs> great to see you guys as well. It's been fun watching uh, you guys so far and uh, a nice, nice little uh, bridge here to when we get back. And uh, I think we said it on our December Tribe Report I know Al and I are ready to freeze our rear ends off <laughs> in April because that means that the season's starting on time. We get our you know usual cold weather, although last year it was 70 and perfect and what would have been opening day. So, you know, by and large, fellas, uh, you, you kind of hit it. As long as we get going and we can get as close to 162-game season as possible, all is great here in Cleveland. It is going to be a little bit different. I mean, we're used to wrapping things up when the end years are started. There's a little bit of overlap during the regular season. This year, there might be a couple of months of overlap. And you mentioned getting started. Fill us in on where the league is right now in terms of when the start date might take place. How many games will this be different than a usual-looking Major League Baseball season? Yeah, you guys obviously remember last year as we got towards the tail end of of March when COVID really started to rear uh, its ugly head. And and you guys know as well as anyone in the basketball world will never forget where we were, you know, when they pulled everyone off the court and we kind of were texting amongst each other saying, oh, boy, you know, we're next. Uh, And and that was really the gut punch because, you know, as you guys were were sort of getting close, as you talked about, towards the end of your season, uh, we were in limbo for so long because we hadn't even started ours. So that's really... Uh, the crux of last year. You play a 60-game sprint. Uh, the Indians get back to the postseason. Uh, it was a, a tough, you know, two and Q there for them, uh, especially with the year that Shane Bieber had. Uh, but you now you, you kind of get revamped, and, and certainly it'll be a different-looking tribe. As far as the MLB goes, uh, with the union and with ownership and Commissioner Manfred, uh, they did not come to an agreement as far as a shortened season. That was to be expected from the players' side. Uh, they've been saying all along, we're ready to play a full slate. Uh, we don't want expanded postseason. We don't want the universal DH just yet because, uh, as some people may know, the end of our collective bargaining agreement happens December 1st of 2021. Right. That imposes now the ability for both sides to leverage, whether that be the universal DH, which I do believe is going to be here from 2022 and beyond. Expanded postseason, I would assume, if you guys remember the old NFL model of six teams per conference, I would expect that model could get adapted as early as 2022, where you have the top two records in each league. Those get first-round buys. Your next division winner would host uh, the the lowest of the three wild-card qualifiers, and you would have your three, six, four, five matchups in both leagues. So I do believe that that's coming, but it's no surprise uh, that the union turned down ownership proposals. So as we sit here today, Rafi, you were talking about it, Pitchers and catchers on schedule. As I've been tweeting out, the show goes on, and uh, we can't wait for everyone to get out to good here. Jensen, you know, uh, baseball, to me, has an advantage of the fact that they already have in plan what the NBA was trying to do this year with repeating series, and, and they already have the teams in the same town for four days. 
They started earlier. They're the only league that they're going to start the second season after these post-pandemic days. And is it only the fact of the relationship between the union and the, and the league and the owners that is getting in between them, getting going? Because I know it took them a little while to start the season post-pandemic. And now it seems that there's negotiations that are not going in a way that they should be. What do you think, you being an ex-player and you being involved with baseball, what, what would be the happy medium there? Because it, 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 it seems to me, to the regular fan, like I consider myself, the difference of eight games that they're trying to get rid of, it might not be, or eight, ten games might not be that much of that big a difference. What's, what's the impasse there? Yeah, it's a great question, Rafa. And some of the underlying factors of these proposals were the following. Uh, the, the eight games you talk about, what MLB wanted to do was force this to an end of April start. And, and that would really crunch uh, the time in between games. You would have elevated number of seven inning double headers. Uh, as we all know, and you guys know as well in the NBA, injuries are a huge part of a season. And when you have a condensed schedule with a lack of off days, it's very, very difficult sometimes. And that's without considering if there are COVID impacts, if, of people testing positive, having to postpone games. You guys saw what happened with the Miami Marlins and the St. Louis Cardinals yeah. last year, literally having to play doubleheader after doubleheader. That's where the union was really trying to stand firm and say, you know, we were kind of lucky to get through what we did last year and to be able to get that shortened season in. We don't want to have to force our guys, A, to have to do that again. And B, the bigger part here is everyone is loaded up already as far as pitchers getting their innings, getting their workloads ready to go for an on-time start. So now you're asking them to be able to kind of bridge that gap a little bit. They haven't trained for that for this offseason, so that's something Union was worried about. And uh, you, as far as, you know, the as far as where they could come together, Rafa, I, I think two things and I tweeted this out. I, I think the the Union could probably have given in to expanded postseason but only adding one additional team per league and I believe they could have given the universal DH. In return, I think with the two things they were looking for is a full 162-game schedule, but with those six months to allow that breathing room in case COVID would impact a team or teams, in case of injuries. And there's so many other unknowns, as we found out last year, everyone flying by the seat of their pants for those two months. So I think those are going to be things that you'll find here in bargaining as we get into December, uh, or at least, excuse me, into October, and, and hopefully before we get to December. Jensen, before we let you go, let's talk Indians here, all right? I mean, it's a new-look Indians team, a number of roster moves. Some uh, anticipated, some we were cringing that they were going to happen. They felt inevitable. Uh, they take place. I, for one, am very optimistic coming into this season. Jensen, tells others who may not be as optimistic why they should be as we get set to go for this upcoming 2021 campaign. Yeah, you mentioned obviously a new look team, and, and it begins with Francisco Lindor being in a different jersey. This is something we all expected. Uh, it, it's never easy when this happens. I think the Carlos Carrasco addition to that probably a bit more of a gut punch from the mm -hmm. fan, you know, the community side because he was so beloved here. That's part of the business, and that's a lot of risk to take uh, for another forty-seven million on Carlos Carrasco. That because of the injury history, uh, obviously with his battle with leukemia and knowing that COVID is still going to be around. Uh, that's a tough guarantee and, and tough to forecast out what his productivity could be. So they needed to be able to have some financial flexibility moving forward. Now, what does that add for you? Uh, with Andre Simenez uh, and also with Ahmed Rosario coming over from the New York Mets, uh, you're going to have basically your middle infield of the future. And I'll give a caveat to that because Ahmed Rosario 
is still the talk of possible trades. Now, uh, nothing has really kind of popped up yet that is attractive. So I would think he is your leading candidate to be the opening day shortstop unless something happens. The big addition is, is obviously Eddie Rosario. And knowing what he's done against the Indians for years now, <laughs> uh, just shredded Indians pitching. Now he's on our side, and he loves hitting. And progressive field is a second home for him when he was in Minnesota. So it's going to be nice to have him scoring for us. And I'll give the biggest reason of all. We, we know this. You have arguably the best starting pitcher in the American League in Shane Bieber. You have a young rotation that's going to be here for years to come. We know the Indians are pitching you. They know how to produce pitching. And what has this front office usually done at the trade deadline the last three or four years? They've found the ability to go out and get impact guys, whether it be position players, whether it be relievers, that are able to put this team over the top. They know how to diagnose in April and May. This is what we're good at. This is what our challenges are, are looking like and then to be able to make those adjustments. We've seen this song and dance before, guys, with Chicago where they win the offseason and then nothing happens. Yes, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Minnesota still a lot of question marks. Still believe this is a, a wide-open division, a three-team race to get back to the AL Central title. But the most important thing for the Indians, and I know I always got to look out for the family, they will have a gold glove and the best defensive catcher behind the plate taking care of that staff. <laughs> I don't know. I know you and John are influencers in social media, so I'm sure you've seen it. But I don't know if you will recognize Roberto Perez when he shows up for spring training because he's been really working out like a madman. He's a machine right now. And I think that gold glove behind the plate is going to stay here in Cleveland. Not only that, Rafa, you make a great point. He's like thrown to a pillow. It's so soft. It's so perfect. And he's going to gun everybody down at second. And the other guy, and you know, I, I may have made a call to the North Pole to, to ask for a Christmas present. It didn't come until January, but I'm glad it came. And that's our other gold glover. That's Cesar Hernandez coming back. Yep. Arguably the most impact bat uh, that the Indians could have retained, you know, knowing that you were going to trade Frankie. So to have him up the middle, have him be your leadoff hitter, uh, I think there's still a lot of a lot of promise in this lineup, and and knowing you got Framil Reyes, obviously Jose Ramirez, guys, this is a marathon for a reason. You can look great on paper in April, and then come October, you're sitting at home watching everybody else. So we all respect the marathon. We are just hoping that it's six full months, and we can't wait to get started. Awesome. Jensen, yeah, Jensen, always fun catching up. Can't wait to see you and Al again, and only a handful of weeks. Hey, best of luck. Give my Vandy boy Darius Garland a, a, little, <laughs> uh, right. a little elbow bump here. Boy, I love what him and Sexton are doing. Fun to watch you guys every night. Good luck rest of the way. We're rooting for you. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, man. Always great to catch up with Jensen and uh, go Cleveland I'm, baseball. I'm telling you, I can't wait. I can't wait for the upcoming season. And hopefully, when he says it's a marathon, I, to me it feels good that it's going to be a marathon again, not a 60 game sprint. No, no, it's a full season. No matter how many games they end up playing, but I think it's great. I can't wait to go to a baseball game. Hopefully, we all can go and enjoy. I know you enjoy the games with me when you go when you go to the stands. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. I enjoy the games more when you're not there, but. <laughs> But I do enjoy the games. All right, more on Cavs HQ right after this. Tony Brown of the Cleveland Monsters. We're talking Sports. hockey next. Back inside Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, the home of the 2016 Calder Woo Cup champions, the Monsters, John and Rafa. Tony Brown straight ahead. Great to talk to him. Hockey is finally back in Northeast Ohio. Every time I see that banner, I always remember us traveling, we were in, we were on the road. I think in Toronto during the playoff, following the game yeah. on the internet, <laughs> <laughs> listening Just to Tony. So hard yes. for them. Yeah. listening to this man. Let's bring him in, Tony Brown. Uh, Tony, you're getting back to work, man. Finally. 
It's been so much waiting, and then all of a sudden, uh, it's a huge sprint to get ready. Uh, we have a game this Friday. It's a good problem to have, and, and uh, really looking forward to getting back uh, on air and, and getting back in the rink. So the American Hockey League shut it down, basically at the same time that the NBA did. Unfortunately, the AHL didn't continue. That was the end of the season. You get it rolling this season. Tell us what's coming up uh, in terms of the uh, the next few weeks. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a unique season. Uh, 28 games on the schedule as opposed to the typical 76. Um, wow. The Monsters are shifting back to the Central Division to play some of the teams that fans are used to seeing the Monsters play over the years. Teams like Rockford, Chicago, Grand Rapids. Um, still playing Rochester, one of our new rivals in the North Division, but basically everything's different this year. Uh, it, it's going to be quite strange. Um, you know, many, many buildings, not Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, thankfully, but many other buildings are not allowed to have fans right now. So we don't know what it's going to be like. I think the players are excited to be back and, and around the game and around each other, the coaches likewise. But, you know, it, it's all going to be a big mystery as to what this sort of feels like when you start playing on Friday. You know, the NBA got shut down in March, Tony, and then at least we had the bubble during the summer. I know the NHL came back and had their own bubble up in Canada, actually two of them. But how long has it been or does it feel like ages for you that since you had a hockey game and also how how you kept in touch with the players, with the, with the organization and everything else going on with, with, with the league? Yeah, I mean, we were just talking right before this, guys. It's been almost a full year since I've had the headset on to do a game. So, you know, I'm a little surprised at how not uh, nervous I am to get back on the air. And just, <laughs> um, but when you stop and think about it, man, it's been a long time. Uh, in terms of staying in touch with the players, um, you know, the Monsters did a great job throughout the pandemic in, in generating content and giving us reasons to chat with, with different guys. And we stayed in touch with Coach Eves pretty well, too. So... Um, you know, it, it's it's been strange. It is definitely strange to start seeing guys at the rink and we've got a lot of new players this year. They're all wearing masks. That makes my job a lot difficult in identifying who's <laughs> who among the new faces. But um, it really is uh, with a focus on safety, of course, that's number one. But but it really is fun to be back thinking about the game, being in the environment, being around these guys again and to see how excited they are to finally, finally, for some of them, it's been a year since they've played others. They've been able to get on the ice here and there, but everybody's in a different situation entering this season. So it's just fun to be back around the guys you know so well, you work with, and uh, you know, and sort of navigating this strange chapter of American Hockey League history together. Speaking of generating content, uh, you have a great new venture, a great new show, Monsters OT. I hear the new ratings are in. Monsters OT. That's why ours are down. No, Monsters OT has ten times greater rating than this show, wow. Cavs HQ, which means you're up to forty viewers now, Tony, yeah. which is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, that's great for you. I but call hey. the guys. That's big news. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. We're happy for you. Hey, th tell us a little bit about the show. Uh, it, it's great. We've enjoyed it so far. Well, uh, thanks for watching, guys. It's been a lot, a lot of fun to work on it. It's been great to have a project. I think for those of us that have been working on this during this time as we're waiting for the season to start, wondering if the season will start. Um, a great partner in University Hospital Sports Medicine sponsoring our show, and great, of course, to be back on the air on Sports Time Ohio. Uh, it's just a fun sort of look at what's going on with the Monsters. We talk uh, a little bit about the team. We have cool interviews with different folks. Uh, we do some fun stuff with, with Sully, our mascot, and all that. Um, so it's been a lot of fun to work on and, uh, yeah, working on uh, the fourth episode now. So, so looking forward to more monsters OT. Yeah. Great stuff. One player to watch, Tony, we're up against a break. One player to watch uh, for the upcoming season. 
How about your newly minted captain for this year, Zach Dalpe? He yep. was injured of last season, uh, but he is a proven goal scorer in this league. He's entering, I think it's his 11th year in the AHL. So an NHL quality sniper wearing the captain seat for Cleveland. We're excited to see him play. Tony, always good to catch up. I like the uh, Jock Calendar yeah. Lumberjack special behind you uh, on the wall. And at least once yeah, they, this they, season, at least once this season, please call a goal like like a soccer goal. Goal! <laughs> Instead of his cars! Terrible advice, Tony. Yeah. It's terrible <laughs> advice. Don't do that at all. I'll put that on the list, Rafa, and we'll just see if that happens. But thanks, guys. It's it's great to catch up with you. And yeah, I had to get uh, the old Jock Calendar jersey in there. <laughs> Appreciate it, Tony. Take care. Keep up the good work. So 1,900-plus fans in Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse for the Monsters coming up, too. Great. Just like the Cavaliers. Fantastic news. And there's plenty of plexiglass around the hockey game, so you don't have to worry about it. Everybody will be safe. That Tony's the one I call about how should I feel about all these plexiglass around me because he's been around that all the time. You as well. Yeah. So you, yep. you feel at home. All right. Our thanks to you. I do feel at home. It is, it is like any, hey, if you're inside Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, that's our goal. Yeah. Make you feel hey. at home. We'll be back to wrap things up on Cavs HQ right after this. Happy birthday to you. We're back to wrap things up on Cavs HQ. So earlier this week, it was Rafa's birthday, and he was honored with this video during a game on the Humongatron. And Cavalier fans, let's make some noise and wish a very happy birthday to Rafa Hernandez Brito. Ah, very nice. I'm sure you were appreciative and grateful, and <laughs> and there's the shot. I think they should do it Look again for the Clippers game. I mean, does somebody going to give? I mean, you can't even acknowledge the and camera. They took the camera Look away when I looked up. I'm looking. This I'm, is what I'm, people are seeing on the. <laughs> thank goodness you. You know, it, it reminded me of something. Of you know, the Super Bowl always lands on my on my on my birthday week. I always say the NFL threw the party for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, all right. And it reminded me of when I was in in Minneapolis okay. uh, for the Indianapolis. I'm sorry. For the Patriots, yeah, um, Giants game, and I wanted to show you this that it reminded me because I'm not a man that like to toot my own horn. Oh, never. So this is this is what I what I wanted to show you. You're Look. showing it to me on your laptop right now. All right. Uh. Look at this, not posing at all. <laughs> I don't even know how to react. What does one say to that? I was wondering what the mayor of Indiana of Indianapolis had for the mayor of Univision. Yeah. You know, they call me the mayor. Right. And it was it was the Indianapolis Colts uh dance team wishing me a happy birthday. <laughs> you rendered me speechless. I guess that'll do it for us here on Gaz's Q for for Rafa. I'm John. See you next time. Speechless, really? Speechless. <laughs> Cavs HQ was brought to you by Sherwin-Williams, the official paint and coatings partner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and by Huntington. If you need guidance on your money right now, talk to Huntington. Welcome. Welcome.